0: Matthew chapter 5. Now, normally you teach all the way through a book, but I felt like the Lord was leading us. The elders said, you know, they agreed that Matthew chapter 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Remember I've been asking you so many times to, uh, hey, go check that out, go read it? Ha-ha! Got you. We're here. We're going to go through Matthew chapter 5 through 7, and... um, I don't know about you, but just, just re- looking at this world lately, it is discouraging. It is horribly discouraging. Just from politically, our nation just doing stupid things. Spending way, way more than we take in. Pushing it off into the other, other generations. And then our credit rating going down and all these great things. And so hard times are coming. Interest rates are going to go up. It's just not good. And those who have their hope in this system, in this world, boy, it's going to be a time of great, great sorrow. Scriptures talk about things getting a little bit worse and worse and worse and worse, culminating in the return of Jesus Christ. Although you can't, you know, sit there and look at current events and say, this is that and this is that. We know that there are kind of birth pains kind of going on. Things are getting a little bit worse. Now, we're relatively, you know, blessed here in America, rel- relatively feeling unscathed by things that are going on. But I tell you, it's going to get hard. It's going to be hard to be a Christian and hold to your values. And, and when, what happens is, when it gets hard, how do you know what to do? Your character is going to come out. The circumstances in life are going to reveal who you really are, who we really are. What is our standard? What is our ethic? How do we live as children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Before we hop into Revelation here in around a month, month and a half, really, I want to take a look at Matthew chapter 5 through 7, because this is a practical application of what our life should be like in the midst of things falling apart, in the midst of chaos. The Jews in this time, when Matthew was talking to them, it was very difficult. Roman op- occupation, you all know about that. There are certain things. A, a Roman guard could walk up to any one of us, let's say, back then and say, hey, take this with me. For a mile, carry my gear and you were obligated to do so hey pick up the cross and carry it for Christ and that guy had to do it, remember that? was it Simon? hey you, do this, do that you're not your own no, we're so individualistic aren't we? That's so about us and our comforts and all these types of things. And and when we look at Scripture, there's this selflessness in who we ought to be. There's this servant-like attitude. There's this lack of pride. There's a lack of, I control my own destiny. I'm the master of my own life but more a surrender and a rest in the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives. Recognizing that the world spends and it's in His hands, is in His, His control. And while we don't understand what's going on, we trust in Him. And we live according to what He says, not how we feel. And so we come to Matthew chapter 5 through 7. I just get challenged to the core because I see what this is and who I am. And I often see two different things. And as we just came out of James, James was hitting this pretty hardcore there about faith without works is dead, you know? If you say you're a Christian, the proof is in the pudding. Well, Jesus tells us, well, how, how do you actually live that life? What does it look like? What are the characteristics? Here it is, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. And what I want to do today is I want to do something that's a little bit different. I just want to read through it slowly with you. And then after that, I want to go to the beginning. And possibly go over the first little part of it. But if you would, open up your Bibles. If you don't have one, they're in front of you. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Someone will pass you one. No big deal. Who doesn't have a Bible? Matthew chapter 5. I'll go ahead and read it for us. Do me a favor. On your um, bulletin, flip it over on the back side. See all those little lines? Those are for you. For your writing pleasure. As we go through this, as we read, there might just be one verse that just pops out at you. Write it down. Put a little star next to it. The Lord would have you go back over it and meditate upon that. He's speaking to your heart. Perhaps as you're reading through this, it reminds you of some other portion of Scripture. Make a note. Go to it. Study it. That's the Lord speaking. Okay? Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. I will read the rest, but Jesus saw the crowds, and he went up on a mountainside, and he sat down. It was a customary for the teacher to sit and for the disciples to stand. Something went wrong over the years to where... <laughs> so let's be biblical. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it's more cultural than anything. What happened is Jesus would often stand when there was something to proclaim. And he stood on the steps and cried out and said. So it gave more. Now, if I were to sit down, it's, And the Lord said, Thank you very much. No, it's much more dramatic if I get up and say. So that was a style of teaching. But he saw the crowds and he went on a mountainside. And his disciples came to him. Notice this. Who is he speaking to? Disciples. The crowds, no doubt, were listening. But it was to the disciples. This isn't for non-Christians. Although, many applications are. But if you try to live this life apart from Christ, you're going to be one miserable person. Unattainable. Apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. And he began to teach them. Some of your versions said, then he opened his mouth. I love that. That's my favorite part. And he opened his mouth and he began to teach them. I like that. Because we know that when he speaks... for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you and they persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Fourteen. You And the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches other accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. 21. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Racha, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the hell fire. 23. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then, come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison truly I tell you you will not get out until you have paid every last penny verse 27 you've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart if your right eye causes you to stumble gouge it out That anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Verse thirty-three. Again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, "Do not break your oath, but fulfill the uh, the Lord the oath that you have made." But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven. For it's God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair on your head white or black. Well, some of you can. All of you need to say, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. 39, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them, the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and to take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, What are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven heaven is perfect. Matthew chapter 6. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Chapter 6, verse 2. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what you've done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they are heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you ought to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. <clears throat> Some of you have, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 14 For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Verse 16 of chapter 6. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show off that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow in, uh, sorry, they do not sow or reap and store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. But seek first the kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew chapter 7. Do not judge, or you will be judged. From the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Then you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you have due to them. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Verse 13, chapter 7. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are, re- they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree wears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot, cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus... By their fruit, you will recognize them. 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name did we not drive out demons? In your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against this house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he had taught them as one who had authority and not as one of their own teachers of the law. So they call this the Sermon on the Mount. Any thoughts? Yes. It's the heart. It's not the outward services of religious. It's the heart of the one who receives and doing what God has called for. Hmm. Randy says it's the outward. Things that are not the focus here. It's the inward heart. The Lord's looking at the heart, not the superficial things. That's what he's aiming at. Any other observations, anything that's stuck out to you, any a spati- sp- particular verse? Problems, questions. Wow. It's a lot on forgiveness and not judging. That brings up the question, how do we, what do we do with evil? Does that mean we don't call evil, evil? (coughs) Who does this apply to? Who are we not to judge? Is Jesus talking about everyone? Or is Jesus specifically talking about each other? I'm not going to give the answers. Incredible observation about forgiveness as well. Get in there. What else? Yeah, chapter five, verse fourteen. You're a city on the. You're the light of the world. You're the city on the hill. The proof is in the pudding. That's how the world is to know that we're his. That's how the world is to know Jesus Christ is through us. Is that happening or not? Are we shining our light in the way that he prescribes, not the way we prescribe? Anyone else? Yes, Gary. He's saying that uh, he has high expectations for his disciples. There's an expectation of discernment. There's an expectation of living righteously. And he's saying that uh, 723, scary verse. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Scary. Scary. A lot of questions. It also comforts. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. How many of us need that one? On the fridge, in the car, on the mirror. Yes, Marie. You have to put it into practice, not just just, uh, read it. That paradigm, the problem we all face, the paradox is uh, we are in this body, we're in this tent, yet this is not our home. How do we live in this life? That as sons and daughters of the living God, Jesus puts emphasis on things that are important to God and should be reflected in our lives. And most of the time, these things are not what the world reflects. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do we value people who are poor in spirit? get out of my way. No, we value the strong in spirit, the mighty, the self-sufficient. Man's way, God's way, the kingdom of man, the kingdom of heaven. Very interesting. Yes, Denise. not going to repeat that one (laughs) she basically said how how many of us do things for god to get that attaboy who is it really for boy that idea of doing things in secret and doing things unseen and your father in heaven who sees those things are unseen will reward will reward you how does man do things you do things just in such a way so your boss sees you and so they, you're making it so they don't actually see, think you're doing it like that, you know. But yet they see it, and you're like, oh yes. How about just doing it when no one's looking? Because who are we serving? Colossians three twenty-three. That's a crazy work ethic, isn't it? Just doing it for him. Anyone else? Oh gosh, got three of this is awesome. Okay, Judy, we'll go this way. Okay, yeah, in, s- in seven twenty-one where it says, um, "Yeah, get me, get away from me." Basically, I, I never knew you. And she was talking about how a conversation she had earlier this week with someone who said, well, I, I go to church, you know, I've done these things. You've got all these works going on. I never knew you. I never had that gnosco relationship. John chapter 3, uh, chapter, what is it, 1-7 seven or 7-1? Seven, Dyslexia going on there. Just based, This is eternal life, 17-1, I think that's it. 17 three, I found it. <clears throat> Sorry to flip through. This is eternal life. To know you, to gnosco, to know intimately the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom He sent. To know Him, and we're going to talk about that in the Beatitudes, the first uh, chapter, uh, the 13 through 17. There. What's uh, it, Mary Beth? Yeah, we don't rely upon the tangible. We re- we rely upon the spirit. We rely on the Lord's supply. He knows our needs. Yeah, it's not of life, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Amen. Ginger. Yeah. Does anybody know what the word hypocrite means? An actor wearing the one, one face, then they'd take another one, put one on. Boy, to live that life. Sunday mornings, how y'all doing on Monday? <laughs> Tuesday. How about uh, Friday at around 5.30 in the afternoon? Me too. All right, a couple more. Byron. How many, how many people have someone in your life that just drives you nuts, that is not kind to you, that disrespects you that 's horrible if not you've got and you 've got a Osama bin Laden to pray for or someone to pray for your enemies, to pray for those who despitefully use you that is not a characteristic of mankind. We destroy our enemies. Utterly, we do everything we can to undermine them and take them out. Jesus says, Love your enemies, pray for them. Upside down kingdom. God says it reigns on the just and the unjust. God gives grace to both parties. Time for one more. Christine and Kathy, then next. Okay. Christine. Nice and loud give her a problem (laughs) we are definitely one that's where I'm going next week (laughs) the keys to happiness next week blessed oh how happy is the man and it talks about it we're going to do the keys to happiness you guys want to know how to have happiness I mean true happiness it's going to be right here last one all the mentions of Father in Scripture, right, in these passages. It's about His kingdom. We've been bought. We've been transferred. We are now His kids. Now, we get to mimic Him. We get to see how He moves and how He acts and how He lives and what His value systems get implanted into us. That's what parenting is all about. Now, the difficult part that we have is we've grown up in this world that's given us a whole different set of things. And here we come to Matthew chapter 5 through 7. It says, no, you're not of this world. You're mine. And this is how you're to live in this world. And if you live this way, if you allow the Holy Spirit to do this work in your heart, you're going to be that light that I desire for you to be. This is the best form of evangelism is to live it. Let the Lord shine through you. Be changed by the power of His Holy Spirit. Don't try to sit here and look at this and go, oh, I fail in this area, I fail in this area. Well, that's part of it, but Lord, now work that work in me. So, let's pray, and then next week we will actually get into um, the Beatitudes. The Christian attitude, the characteristics of God, the the characteristics of the Christian. Amen? And uh, next week, hopefully, we'll be in there with a little bit of air conditioning. Hooray? God is good. Hey, let's all stand. Father, we lift up your sheep. We lift up each other, and we ask that your truth would be implanted in our heart and that it would bear fruit. We ask that if we are rotten trees, God, that you would... Put us in good soil and replant us and put our lives back upon the foundation. Forgive us, Lord, for our sin. Cleanse us. Thank you for the cross. Help us to move forward in you today. Have victory in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.